right, Mackie and Judd, we are back. We are back on Radio Row at Mall of America here all throughout the week. And if you want to find out about all the cool experiences, the Super Bowl 52 experiences, mallofamerica.com for details. He is a former number two overall pick and currently doing some great things to help people with addiction and mental health disorders. Ryan Leaf, transcendrecoverycommunity.com. Thank you for coming over here. We, uh, we, we, we saw your name offered up as a potential guest, and we said, we got to talk to this guy. He's been doing some cool things, so welcome to the show, man. I, yeah, I really appreciate it. It's, uh, this is going to get pretty hectic, like Thursday and Friday. This, little, they, this is a small... I mean, well, we're in a food court, for God's sake. I know. <laughs> we're in a food, this is middle America. We are in this middle is, America. This we is are, exactly. Right? Did you ever think you'd yes. be between like a Cinnabon and a mini golf course? I thought I'd be working at a Cinnabon, probably. Yeah? Yeah, the way things were going in my life. I shouldn't say that. People working at Cinnabon are amazing people. You That's got Shake Shack here, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. So, it's great. Um, no, it's, it's, this is just a really uh, rewarding opportunity to be able to do something like this. The fact that a platform is offered up to me to be of help and be of service like this, this is really, really great. What's it like? I mean, j- just your story. I think so. So many people saw sort of the start of the bad days. Do you get tired of talking about it? Do you embrace that? Because because there are guys who have gone down your path, and I think the majority of those guys, we just don't hear from them again. I mean, something bad might happen to them, but they they flame out and they're gone. What's it like to go th- through what you went through publicly? Go through the the middle of things, which was very tough and perhaps not as public, but certainly out there, and now to come out on a side where on a daily basis you help so many people. Well, I mean, and, and I don't mean to minimize it at all, but what I went through, it was just, yeah, it was very public, but it was it was nothing that somebody uh, who lives a life goes, this is life, you know, people, there's ups and downs, people deal with mental health and substance abuse all the time. It's just stigmatized a lot so much that, that people don't talk about it. They kind of hide from it, and they don't want to admit that there's an issue, and when in reality, it's the strongest thing you can ever do is to shine a line out and help. Because the coolest thing that happened to me, and the thing I'm most grateful for, is that fact that I was probably infamous or had some celebrity. Because every time I messed up, it was I was held accountable. There was a spotlight shown on it. And it probably saved my life. Where there are people that are living in the same place that I was in right now that are in the shadows still and may never be you know seen again. And that's that's what the hard thing about it all is: is that every human life is precious. It doesn't. My story isn't more important or less important than anybody else's. It just happens to be a lot more public. And uh, it, then I think I, I take it as a as as what I'm supposed to do is to tell the story remove the secrecy from it, and allow those people that are struggling to reach out and ask for help and, and become the story themselves. Let me ask you this. What, when it comes to high school and college kids, athletes or non-athletes, what are, I mean, we, we all know the standard high school and college coursework in generals, and you learn, you learn uh, you know, various tasks and things in your majors. What are, what are some things that high school and college kids should learn more about or should be taught, but maybe aren't traditionally. It just doesn't happen, right? It has to. You have to be like the hard knock life, right? It, there's there's humbling events that transform you as a person. I I I use this as a uh, I use this as a uh, uh, opportunity to uh, 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 to talk about what I think should happen when somebody graduates either from high school or from college. They should be required to go to a, a 28 day treatment facility. When are you ever going to spend that quality time on yourself ever in your life unless you have had to go to a rehab center um, mostly because you were forced to or intervened yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a better person's club is what that is. 
the substance is a byproduct. Whatever I use, what anybody else uses, they use alcohol, they use drugs, they use gambling or sex or food or cutting it. It's a mood-altering substance. What you're trying to get away from is what you can't handle in life, and it's usually around some kind of mental, mental health disorder, and that's not a bad word. I think everybody has some sort of mental health disorder unless you're constantly on a daily basis trying to get better from that, it's going to affect you and you're going to medicate in a way you do. Some people use exercise, which is a healthy alternative unless it gets, you know, over overrun too much. But there are plenty of healthy alternatives to try to 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 move past that. And the way I found it of course was through was through treatment. Yeah. What what changed you the most? I mean was there a moment? Was there one thing, and, and also, what's that like to go from being the star quarterback? I mean, the guy who's his whole life was was really, really perfect for a while, always successful. You get drafted high. You make millions. And then you wake up one day and realize, I'm not happy. It, uh, it, it's, you, it's about identity then, right? It was I was so involved with the idea that I had to be rich, powerful, and prestigious. And I thought that was success. Though it never meant I could actually be my real self for anybody. I had to, you know, put on this facade. It was about branding and marketing and then this, that, and the other. and External things. Right. All perspective things from people and uh, what other people thought of you uh, was entirely my business. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for me, it took being humbled in a way where... Um, where I wasn't able to ask for help from a person, I kept asking for help to the cosmos and to the universe, and finally uh, the universe sent the sheriff's department for, to help me. You know, it wasn't one I wanted, but it was the one that I needed. And uh, while in there, uh, my roommate was an Afghani-Iraqi war veteran, got on me one day about uh, having my head buried in the sand and how I didn't understand the value I had, not only to the men in there, but for when I got out. And he said, we're going down to the prison library. We're going to help guys who don't know how to read learn how to read. And I went begrudgingly, and because I've had these come to Jesus moments with other guys, coaches, family members, and I just was dismissive and said, I got this. And for whatever reason, I went, and a day passed, two days, a week, two weeks, and I realized uh, that I was being of service for the first time in my life. No one was watching. There wasn't a marketing or a branding team or the media or anything. It was just actually being of service to somebody else, and I knew that was going to have to be the foundation for when I got out. Otherwise, I was just going to be the same guy I'd always been. Yeah, Ryan Leaf is our guest here on Mackie and Judd. TranscendRecoveryCommunity.com is uh, is a platform you should check out if any of this resonates with you. And I don't I don't want to make this about football. I mean, your your window into the world of you know many people is football. So this is I mean we're at Radio Row, a Super Bowl, but um, and I don't and, and what you do on a daily basis is about more than football. Right, but also you know I had goals and dreams. My my college degree was in broadcast journalism. I wanted to do that. I mean the last place I wanted to be after I retired was in a media room or uh, a newsroom because I was so resentful of the media and stuff. But yeah. that's what I wanted to do. And now you know I'm working with SiriusXM doing a, a show and I'm working with Fox. Uh, as a college football and NFL analyst. You're a so, talking head now. It's yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I get to enjoy that. I get to tell a story rather than be the story, I think, is huge. But when I get the opportunity also to speak about this on the platform, amount to, that, that's that's personal to me. Right. But, you know, you know, we're here at the Super Bowl. So, yeah, let's let's talk about football well, talk about the game. Well, my, I, what I want to ask you is, and we, and we just had this conversation about, you know, the Vikings have tried to find a franchise quarterback for 20-plus years, and I think some of the smartest people in the league, the John Elways, you think if they, they can identify a quarterback better than anybody. And a lot of these guys are flipping coins because you're evaluating the things you can see right on film. Can a guy throw a pass with a laser arm? Uh, is a guy athletic? What you can't see is what's going on inside a guy's head, his level of anxiousness, his ability to maybe 
um, overcome moments of adversity on the field and off. I would think you would have a window of insight into into that world more than almost anybody. I mean, are you able to, if you got into a room with NFL draft picks, from Johnny Manziel to whoever, right, if you spent an hour with them, could you sort of say, mm. yeah. Yes. Okay. Because it'd be like, because I can immediately, you know, you spot it, you got it type of things, right? So when I would hear something somebody said, I'd be like, yeah, I got I, I'm not, It's like holding up a mirror to me. So I understand that. And what the cool part is, what the NFL has helped, uh, helped me with is they've, They've asked me to be a mentor for the incoming uh, quarterbacks at the Combine each year. I started that last year. Nice. So I'm really looking forward to this year because it's got a great crop of quarterbacks coming into the league. And there's some, uh, uh, there's some ideas of what people think of them. And I, I really look forward to, to spending some alone time with them and then seeing them on the football field. I'm, I'm excited. I think there's, a, like I said, there's a great group of guys. I like Baker Mayf- Mayfield a lot. I just do. Um, probably because he reminds me and, my, <laughs> me and myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that he just, I think there's, uh, I, I think he has the ability to make substantial changes in his, in his behaviors at the next level where I wasn't. That's the difference I think I see in, in him. Yeah. So, Another minute or two here with Ryan Lee. So where, where is that line between good cockiness and being assured, I mean, where where do you draw that line between flipping off Kansas fans, which you probably are saying, that's not a great idea, Baker. But you also don't don't want him to, you know, lose shrink. that. Right. Yeah, so, so where does that line, exist? The fine line is, is, is whether you play well or not. That's the line. If you're not, if you're not playing well and backing up that behavior, then it's, then it's bad. You go back to here in Minnesota and the idea of Randy Moss early on in his career. You know, he wasn't a personable guy. His behaviors exhibited were not, you know, what we would consider, you know, pluses on his side. But he balled out, you know. Straight cash, homie, when he'd be getting fined, right? Super Bowl homeboy. Yeah. So, I mean, it is it is important that you play well. If I played well, my behaviors would have been overlooked. That's the reason why I got to where I got because this pedestal I was placed on, my behaviors got overlooked because I could always make up for it on a football field on Friday night or a basketball court or a baseball diamond. That's just, yeah. just how it works. And uh, – that, that's a shame that accountability isn't necessarily there for guys if they are really good at what they do. Uh, but it will catch up to you. At some point, your behaviors will – either you change for the positive, where we have certainly seen Randy become this uh, upstanding, uh, you, know, you know, man with a lot of perspective, or you see people go the other direction and never really figure it out and are out of the NFL immediately, such as myself. Yeah. So, Ryan Leaf, we want to be respectful of your time, so tell the audience – uh, where can they find you, Ryan D. Leaf on Twitter, and what else should our audience know about the work you're doing? Uh, just, you know, the biggest thing is if you're struggling with anything, uh, you know, reach out to us at transcendrc.com. Uh, myself at Twitter, like you said, Ryan D. Leaf. Um, sometimes the, the best thing is just to reach out and say you're struggling with something. It doesn't mean you have to commit to anything, but a freeing feeling to be able to tell your story. And then for me to look, you know, the coolest thing about social media with all this, too, is somebody to reach out and go, you know, I heard you on a radio show 92 days ago, and I just want to tell you today I'm 90 days sober. You know, that, yeah. that's something that I did, and it's something that you guys did by allowing the, the, the appearance on the show. I mean, we, we're working together because uh, social media can be used for good. I know a lot of time it's, it's people are judgmental and negative and, and fearful and all those things, but uh, we only allow for positive stuff on ours. Uh, we root out the negative, and we try to help people be positive and move forward. So. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much, Ryan Leaf. We wish yeah. you all the best, Thanks. and uh, enjoy the rest Appreciate of your Super Bowl week.